0: Just like there's creators everywhere in the world, there's also third-party companies everywhere in the world and there's up and coming brands everywhere in the world and there's startups happening at levels that I've never seen with great products that resonate with people and they're getting together through these third-party platforms.
1: You're listening to the Meta Business Innovation and Technology Podcast. Conversations with industry leaders on new trends and products that can grow your business. Today, host Alvin Bowles, the Vice President of Business Ecosystem Partnerships here at Meta, is joined by Kip Bobnar, CMO at HubSpot, and Piyush Mangalik, Vice President of Business Engineering for our Media and Community Partnerships team here at Meta. Together, they'll discuss the incredible shift creators have made in the world of marketing, best practices, and what creator advertising will look like as it continues to grow. Great to see everyone or hear everybody. My name is Alvin Bowles
2: from Meta and I'll introduce our two guests for today. First, Kip Bodnar, CMO of HubSpot, and Piyush Mangalik, Vice President of Business Engineering for our Media Community Partnerships team here at Meta. And so to really just get us started, we really want to have you all tell us a little bit about yourselves and really what the term creators means to you.
3: So Kip, why don't we start with you? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks Thanks so much for having me, Alvin. I'm Kip Bodnar, I'm Chief Marketing Officer at HubSpot. And my journey comes all through marketing, but is rooted in creating content. Like one of my first jobs as a marketer was a content creator. I wrote our blogs at HubSpot, built out our search engine campaigns, our social media campaigns. And now at HubSpot, we think of creators as really anyone who's helping inform and inspire a community. And we've launched a huge creator program called the HubSpot Creator Program, where we are taking aspiring podcasters, YouTube creators, real real creators, etc., and bringing them together to help form a bigger audience together. And so we look at creators as the next stage of how brands are going to kind of really be built and go to market in the future.
2: It makes a lot of sense. Piyush, how about yourself?
0: Well, appreciate the introduction and being here. My name again is Piyush Mangalik, and I help support our Reels initiatives at Meta across both Facebook and Instagram. The creator journey has been amazing. I've been here almost 13 years and we've always been a platform about expression. That expression has changed though over time and it's gone from, I think your traditional, what I would call like celebrities, to people then we called influencers that were celebrities but then started not being uh, your traditional celebrities to now everyday people that we're discovering have these amazing talents or these tips and tricks that they wanna share or just are experimenting in this new digital age. And so for me, It's been amazing to see this transformation and have these platforms where, I mean, there's billions of people that are following Reels every day and discovering new community around the things that they love and desire. So I think we're just at the, the beginning of this journey and I'm excited to be here with people like Kip who are helping those creators understand how to connect with their audiences as well as find the content that really resonates with them.
2: One, it's wonderful to have you both here to have this great conversation. You touched on a couple of things, Piyush, and, and Kip, you mentioned the fact that you have a, a destination on your website dedicated to creators. How have creators really shifted the world of marketing and advertising strategy? It's one of the key themes that we just came off of Advertising Week talking about and it's just sort of understanding how individuals are turning audiences into businesses and what advice might you give to businesses that are just trying to get started?
3: So when you're thinking about that, the shift that's happened is that it used to be that kind of third-party gatekeepers, media companies, and the like held all the influence and reach in a market. And then brands began to able to publish themselves through amazing tools, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, what have you. And then there got to be a sub community within all of those platforms and communities where people could find their niche and build huge, huge audiences. And not just have big audiences, but have a lot of influence with that audience, right? Have a lot of trust and credibility. And so consumers used to trust the media, then they used to trust brands, and now they trust these influencers the most and these creators the most. And so when you're thinking about, when your business out there and you're thinking about how do I build my business, how do I build my brand, how do I track new customers? Creators have to be something that you consider as part of that mix. And there's a bunch of different ways that you can work with them, right? Like you could hire a great creative to work directly with your business. You can... Have an amazing person on your team that you help turn into a remarkable creator by giving them the tools and training to do that. Or you can do great partnerships with some of the top creators on a given platform. You say, Hey, I'm in the healthcare space. There are five awesome creators on Reels for that, for my space. And I want to go and see if I can form a pub- partnership with a few of them to help tell the story of my brand to their audience, but through a kind of native storytelling way, not just a like, hey, I'm sponsoring this kind of boring thing kind of way. You know what I mean? And so that's how we've been thinking about that transformation, but I, I welcome the conversation from both of you to see how you see it differently.
2: Yeah, Piyush, how, how are your thoughts around this? I, I do think that there's a natural affinity to creators that have such a large influence across the board. And I think we're all, old enough to remember when, like you said, we we
0: called them influencers and now the creators and everything else. And so how do you think about this? I think like Kip said, I think in the traditional sense, the brands would go to these traditional media houses who understood, call it the demographics or the DMAs of where you wanted to target. And brands would do a lot of research saying like, this is the type of person that would like and use my product. They live in this location, how do I reach them? And it was always a challenge on, can I get my cable feed to go over to that DMA or how do I reach them? With the internet, obviously, that really kind of blew things open and you could reach anyone from your local DMA to someone around the world. And instead of going to just one program, let's say, and if you had chosen a traditional program on TV that had a demographic, now you could go to six different influencers or creators who might be in six different geographies, all of which are important to your brand, and you can leverage them to help you get your product and your brand message out there. And I think that's the real difference is you can now aggregate audiences, bring them together and create a huge voice, but be very, very specialized and localized to that specific area and i think that's really powerful and i think kip said it like people are following creators now that's who they trust and they trust it because they get reviews back because they're actually using it and they enjoy those products themselves i think that's been a game changer
2: yeah the authenticity associated with creators i think is really interesting because one it's it's real people that are leveraging real products that are delivering real solutions and so so i think through this Piush, i'm gonna put this to you first what tools and resources then Are you prioritizing in your role in business engineering focusing on the creator and sort of reels ecosystem like putting the idea into practice right tons of people have audiences and some of them want to turn those audiences into businesses how might they do that
0: yeah this is i mean specifically for our group what we're doing is we're leveraging those companies that do it really well that are already out there in the ecosystem and that are companies like hubspot And we're doing that through apis to allow those companies to more rapidly understand like who the creators are where they're located and then reach out to them and vice versa have the creators understand who these platforms are that can help connect them with brands so they can build a business so they can continue to do the creative art that they're doing every day and so that is our focus is how do we allow creators to continue to do what they're doing because Either they have jobs or this is their job and we want them to be able to do this on an ongoing basis, but we know that we're not the best at it. And there's companies out there that are already doing it. So our main objective is how do we give them the tools? And they already have these tools right to manage or schedule their posts, connect with their audiences. But how do they then connect back with both Facebook and Instagram? That's what we've been working on. And we're really excited because this year alone, We've released multiple APIs that create that connection. And then we're taking in feedback for more things like insights, right, at scale, so that they can create dashboards for the influencers that they represent. So that's really the journey we're on. And we're taking a lot of feedback right now. And we're getting a lot of great input that we wouldn't have known if we weren't partnering with companies like HubSpot.
2: Well, it's an interesting thing. I love to say that success often moves at the speed of relationships and or partnerships. And to your point, yeah. we have a platform and it's democratizing storytelling in so many different and engaging ways. And for companies like HubSpot to sort of fill that void, I mean, we understand what APIs are, but for those that are uneducated, it seems like, certainly seems like these are the types of things that individuals will be able to access through your HubSpot creative destination. Kip, could you talk a little bit about that? Like, or do you give people, I call it the Give me the ABCs and one, two, threes of this, because people have great audiences, but they don't always have the technical
3: capabilities, which is where your business actually fits right in. Yeah, if you you look at HubSpot, we're a CRM platform, and we wanna bring together your teams and your data and your customers all in one place, right? And once you have that, then you can do really powerful things. And so if you're talking about something like Facebook or Instagram, whether it be ad products, whether it be reels, there's a whole host of great, amazing parts of those platforms. Mm-hmm. What we try to do is make it a, make it so that you don't have to be this techni- technical expert to go and take advantage of that. Some of these creators we're talking about, you know, they spend their entire life learning these, these tools, right? And then learning how to tell stories on these tools. What, we're, what we want to do is say, hey, you've got this great data about your customers. Let's make it much easier for you to build lookalike audiences, do advertising to find additional customers. You've got these access to these great creators. Let's make it easier for you to partner with them, Track the impact that their referrals and promotion is having on your business, understand how you might want to compensate them, do the appropriate email follow up for those people, or whether it be email, WhatsApp, what the channel that might follow up best. It's like it's that type of connection between the data and the engagement that really enables you to grow as a business and grow in a really scalable way. And we want to do that so that you don't have to be a technical expert. You can, we say, you can be a mere, mere mortal who's clear on your business and your strategy and just like, wants to go and execute on that. I think that's really insightful. And I think it's great for the audience to be able to hear this. I always say that
2: it's impossible to manage what you don't measure. If you don't know what you're measuring, then it's hard to understand how best to manage. And so it's just a really interesting piece. So I'm just pressing a little bit further on that. So because of the work that you do, have you seen best practices? So you mentioned a number of different things that your tools actually allow individuals to have. You do not have to be a subject matter expert. Thank goodness for that. (laughs) It's great for your businesses, your businesses like yours, to be able to actually focus on really giving people tools. What have you seen as like best practices? It doesn't have to be vertical specific, but just if you have an audience
3: and you want to turn
2: into a business, what are some of the first things that individuals need to do?
3: Yeah, if you're out there and you're a creator and you want to build a business around that, first, what you soon find is that you have to pick a business model, right? Like, how how are you going to make that business work? For some creators, it might be a partnership affiliate model where they partner with brands to take products to market. Some creators might be a more traditional media model where they have specific slots that they go and sell at a flat rate. For some creators, it's a subscription to... More in depth content or more unique experiences with them on a smaller scale basis, right? Like those tend to be like the core business models that those folks go and do. I think you have to decide well, for the audience I'm serving and who I am as a creator, what best fits my strategy and what I want to become. If you're serving a real niche market, you might want to partner more with brands or do the premium content, subscription content play instead of selling, kind of packaging tr- more traditional ad inventory because there's just less buyers out there, for example. And so you're going to look at the business situation that you're in and build from there. Then the next thing you're going to do is you're going to realize I have to keep building an audience and I have to, through organic and advertising means, build that audience. And that's where having great first-party data for ad targeting comes in, having a clear content strategy and narrative strategy for how you're going to build that audience. Having some way to own your engagement with that audience, whether it be email marketing, whether it be SMS, WhatsApp, there are lots of channels where you can have that kind of ongoing engagement on a one-to-one or one-to-many basis. And I think those are some of the key milestones you want to think in building your business as a creator. It's
2: interesting that you mentioned this and that you know there's so many, other, there's so many ways to go with this. That's the advice piece of this. Pius, you're like targeted with like focusing on like, how do you actually maximize these tactics that Kip just talked about on a platform like ours, right? We've got billions of people engaging across our platform every single day. How does an individual stand out? And so what are some of the best practices leveraging the HubSpot materials and advice that have been given when they come back to the platform? What have you seen that have actually worked out well, irrespective of vertical?
0: Well, I wish I had just one answer. For that. And I think that's what makes this difficult, but exciting as well. I think it does come back to knowing your audience. And it's what you said you have to measure, you have to see what your audience really likes based on the content that you've put out. But I think one of the things is that people get stuck once they create an audience and they kind of, and that audience has resonated with some kind of creative or some kind of artistic manner by which they pre- they've presented themselves. Then they get stuck in that. And what they don't realize is that even for that audience that they've captured, that audience wants something new. They want something fresh. And I'm a big believer in the 70, 20, 10 kind of rule for most things in life. And if something resonates with your audience, then 70% of your time, you should be creating creatives that look like that. But your other 30%, your 20 and 10 should be experimental. You should be going out and really looking at what are the new artistic filters That are out there? What's some of the new music that's out there? And music is huge. And how do you bring that in? How do you create participation with your audience? I mean, one of the great things compared to traditional media is that this is a two way conversation. Not only are you building an audience, but you can chat with your audience. You might even be able to go live with your audience. I mean, our platforms let you connect in multiple ways. And I'll say, even the last one is people are starting to go into the metaverse, right? They're putting on their quests, they're going into Horizons and they're doing meetups. I had the privilege of working with the Instagram team for many years when they joined Facebook or Meta. And community is huge in going out and doing walks together and learning how to use the cameras and things like that. Well, I mean, the metaverse is really a game changer in bringing people together from all over the world, but bringing this closeness that I don't think you can get via two dimensional kind of video. And so I think that falls into that, what I would call 20 and 10 experimental parts Mm -hmm. where you need to go and understand the new technologies and take it a step farther. You need to engage with your audiences through different means. And then you really need to understand that your audience wants something new. So you're going to always have to up your bar. And I think that's what pushes creators to be great is upping their bar because they're serving their audiences.
2: It's a really good point. It makes me think about the economic model that many people are sort of curious about. We understand if you're a creator, you can get tools from entities like HubSpot. You can then turn those ideas, suggestions into activation on our platform. And then there's this notion of like brands. I think that Kip, you mentioned this, like what's your business model? And so like the other part of the audience that's maybe listening to this is if I'm a business, a traditional business, and I'm seeing this global phenomenon of creators, how might I think about how do I get close to them? And so there's this matchmaking notion around like allowing creators to be their authentic selves, which our platform is synonymous for, and then trying to ensure that there's a connection with someone who actually wants to sell a particular good or a service or what have you. How do you think about businesses and how they should think through their connectivity with creators? And then conversely, how do creators make sure that businesses, they make themselves available, if you will, to businesses that share the same DNA? Right at the, at the foundation, there's something similar, and that I'm not changing my content in order to actually sell your wares. Kip, I'll, I'll pose that
3: question to you first. Yeah, so this, this is how I think about it. I think you set up some of it well. I think if you're a creator, first you need to to be very clear and transparent. Of like, these are the ways in which I'm willing to work with brands, and these are my these are kind of the guardrails that I will give you, which is. I have an audience, I have types of stories I tell. I don't just tell stories about your product. I integrate really valuable things into the stories I tell. And so I need to co-create with you and to tell a really unique and valuable story for my audience. So that would that would translate as saying, hey, I'm a creator. So brand, if you just want me to promote your product and just wanna throw some money at me, but don't wanna collaborate with me, this isn't gonna work. And setting that expectation up front, I think, is very important. The flip side, is, on the brand side of things, you have to say, "Great, how how do I get the best, the biggest value, and the best long term value from from working with these creators?" And it, and what you see some of the best brands doing, I think, is. They'll work on their own owned social platforms, for example, and then they'll partner with creators to amplify their stories or to come on, which is basically helping give them new followers, new community members that are going to stick around for the long term if that brand keeps telling really good stories, sharing really inspiring and educational information on there. And that's much more valuable than just having that creator go and do a quick promo of a product and kind of move on. I think the last thing I would say is for some brands out there, it's really hard for them to get past kind of the product marketing circle of their story, where it's like, I want to talk about my product. And it's like, no, no, no. You want to talk about the emotional value of that product in a way that's more general, further abstracted, because that's what's going to apply to a much broader audience. And then those, as those people engage with that broader message, that's what t- tools like they'd be. Instagram or Facebook ads, email follow-up, sales follow-up. That is how you then take that kind of broader level awareness and bring it into like an actual customer transaction. If you kind of start too close to that transaction, too close to the product, the story doesn't go very far and it kind of everything falls flat.
2: It's a really interesting point because what you're saying though is like this isn't branded entertainment. This isn't product placement. This is, you want to actually focus on the foundation of what makes a product special. Like what are their brand attributes? Not necessarily what the product is. Yes. And the three of us have a shared interest in creators, but we're in three different demographics as as an aside, right? So it, yeah. it's more of a psychographic profile of whom you're actually trying to be able to actually go after. I put this question then to you, Piyush. When brands come to our platform often and saying, hey, look, I'm looking for a new interesting idea. It could be something engaging from an AR, VR perspective, what have you. Invariably though, creators come up and they're always like, Well, is there is there like a a database that can just show me creators that are on your platform and like it doesn't really work that way? Mm-hmm. Could you talk through those challenges of you're also playing matchmaker in many respects, where yep. you're not actually looking for a brand nor their creator to to change their essence to to find connectivity, but finding that
0: that happy placement across the board. Could you talk about that a little bit? I think it's about authenticity authenticity is going to resonate with anyone. And so I, I think if you go back to some of the things that Kip said, if you take a traditional brand and they want to get it into an audience, they'll go find the biggest kind of, let's call it influencer, a traditional actor, actress, singer, whatever that's out there. And they'll say, hey, can you take this product and make it look like you like it? And they might not like it at all. They might not use it. The audience knows that right? The the audience already sees that. And they said, that doesn't seem real. And it's not good for that celebrity, because maybe they're a sellout at that point. It's not good for the brand, because they're the big corporation that's trying to push something on me. But if you flip it, and yes, we don't have that database, but we kind of do. If you go over to Instagram, and you go in the explore, and you type in a couple search things, and you put in your product, you're going to find a whole bunch of people that love your product that use it every day. And they're not trying to make any money off it. They actually love your product so much that they're willing to do a reel about it, right? And depending on what that product is and how they use it, and they've got a following from other people who really like it or are on the brink of liking it. They've been interested in it. And so there's your natural kind of spokesperson. And so it's just a matter of now reaching out to that person, commenting, commenting, and saying, hey, we'd really like to connect with you, working with other platforms out there that are trying to bring them together. And then forming a strategy from there on how you're going to go and reach that audience, which might be, I don't know, creator, what are you doing? Or you've already done this. Let's just go and maybe add a little bit of better lighting. Like, let's help you a little bit there. Let's help you with some of the audio. But that's the authentic part. And that to me is really exciting. And I'll just tell you, like, my own journey, and there's just things that I follow, but I'm big into like outdoor survival, even though I'm terrible at it, but I'm (laughs) trying or tennis or pickleball now or music and guitars. I go on and just hashtags that I traditionally had been following for people, I see the products that they're using. And then if they happen to do some collaboration with that brand it just it heightens it, it amplifies it for me, but I don 't even really realize that, and I don't feel like they're trying to push anything onto me. I was already interested in the skills that that person had and what they were doing, so naturally i'm going to go and invest in those products that they're using, so that's been my own experience, and I think that's what talking to other people, talking to businesses, talking to creators that's what seems to be happening now.
2: yeah I mean, what you're, what you're saying is this is the discovery economy, yeah. Based on what you like. And so, to your point, you're a, an aspiring outdoorsman, right? Outdoorsman, <laughs> right? So, we'll see how that goes in a minute. We'll <laughs> find out if you've if you, you know, taken the camper route or you're actually pitching a tent. We can talk about that offline. <laughs> all, all right. And um, I'll hook you up with some Patagonia. So, building a lean to I, I, with some leaves. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm hopeful, is what I'm saying. I'm hopeful. You can show <laughs> me the way. I guess then the question, though, is a lot of what you're suggesting is just organic do you play an active role in matchmaking in in many respects? I I know from a partnership perspective, there are times in which we do play a role in at least introducing individuals and then walking away and seeing if there's a relationship, not necessarily to get in the way, but to be able to decrease that distance between brands have ideation and then there's this notion of execution. How do you actually make sure that that distance is is as close as humanly possible?
0: Yeah, I I will say, I mean, we as meta and across Facebook, Instagram, maybe even WhatsApp, Messenger. We try to put people together that we know, but this, it just doesn't happen at the scale of how many creators are out there, or how many different products are out there, or brands that are out mm-hmm. there. And so I think, again, it goes back to our partnerships with third party platforms and using our APIs that allow them to connect in their localities or with the audiences that they already know, or the creators that they've been supporting through the years and they put the people together. So we will do what we can, right and we try to get to scale, but just like there's creators everywhere in the world, there's also third party companies everywhere in the world and there's up and coming brands everywhere in the world and there's startups happening like at levels that I've never seen with great products that resonate with people and they're getting together through these third party platforms. So it's a combination, but it's happening at a scale that I have never seen. And it's, having, it's happening at a custom is a customized level that I haven't seen. And I remember back in like business school or something at some point it was like you could have mass production or you could have customization, but the holy grail was mass customization. Right. And I think that's where we're at now, right? With the advertising models and putting people together.
2: It's a good point. It's a good answer. I I definitely understand this notion of also the responsibility associated with that. I'm sure you feel this way as well, Kip. It's like people are coming to you for solutions. And we talk about these, what we call partnerships in ways that actually can help light a path, right? You know, give me my own yellow brick road, right? As I'm walking down this path, how do you see the industry evolving? I mean, I think that there's a matchmaking need, whether or not that actually gets by HubSpot or others, that's one. But where are some of the other areas that you feel like this industry is going? Because creators aren't going anywhere. To your point, Puge, we're calling them whatever we want to call them. They'll be called yep. something else yep. at some point. It's the same thing though. Creative idea, people that are actually making intellectual property of some kind and then connecting that to turn that
3: into a business. Where do you see the industry going? I think you see that with your very, very top, top creators that they understand that, the hardest thing to do is actually build an audience Mm -hmm. in a community. It's actually much harder to do that than to build a product today. Mm -hmm. And so those people who have done the hard work of building an audience who respects and trusts them, and and really wants to follow them is to make products themselves, right? And you're seeing that, whether it be Mr. Beast opening his own burger restaurant or having chocolate bars, you're seeing that with Kim Kardashian and all of her businesses. and you're seeing it kind of across the board. And w- what that means is that creators are going to get better investment, better business opportunities because they have the scarce thing and the scarce thing is audience. It's just mm-hmm. harder and harder to build an audience today and so what you're going to find is the businesses instead of starting product in search of an audience are going to start with an audience and then figure out what the best product is product and or service is for that audience i think that's the biggest thing that we'll see continue to change over the next few years that's a great answer Piyush, how do you think about that
0: yeah we're not going to put the genie back in the bottle at this point like i think it's kind of like the big bang it's just expanding the universe is expanding and we're trying to Keep up with it. I uh, honestly, I wonder if people are going to start creating products around the influencers in the way that a writer might write a script for a particular actor or actress. I wonder if now new products are going to start coming up that are tailored around who the creator is. And I mean, this is just, I think this is in that experimentation phase, but I think that's what we're going to start to see as well. And that's going to resonate. With those audiences, the followers of those influencers. So I don't know. I'm kind of excited about this because I've just discovered a lot of new products or new ways of doing things that I, maybe Alvin, like you or even Kip, like I go. I wish this was around like 10 years ago or 20 years ago or when I was growing up. Yeah. I, if I had my mentality now, of course, then I would just sit there and learn all the time. But there's just a treasure trove of information now by people who are really showing you how it's done, how they do it, or how you can use a particular product or a tool. I think it's incredible. And I think people are going to want more of this. I think people are thirsty for this type of content. It's entertaining, but it's educational. And that to me is the holy grail of what I would call the new form of entertainment. And it's fresh because there are people like us, who are doing it right people just the person right around down the street that's doing it and they're like wow do i have something that i might be able to share i personally don't unless you want to see someone eat a quarter pounder in under three seconds but that's about the only. <laughs> it's skill gonna be
2: your part. outdoors thing right you're gonna you're gonna have your own thing it's gonna be an outdoors thing it'll probably be plush knowing who you are so it's not gonna be that rugged but i How hear you you.
0: shiver in 85 degree weather there it yeah, is. that's what I'm going to, yeah.
2: There it is. <laughs> uh, it's really interesting though. I, I love what you all said and that you can't put the genie back in the bottle. This moment was going to just continue to, to expand. Yeah. The democratization of storytelling and people just finding an audience has never been higher. But Kip, your point is extremely insightful. I want people to understand this. The hardest thing to do is to build an audience. Yes. And then to be able to actually consistently feed that audience with content that they want to engage with. That's the reason why they will then potentially focus on a business relationship with said entity, because there's a, a channel of trust, an exchange of values. People definitely feel closer, I think, to, to creators more now than ever. I think that you know, I'm old enough to remember where there was just a distance between those, the people that made things and that we saw, and individuals that consumed it. And that distance is so small now where anybody with a smartphone and a Wi-Fi connection can turn themselves into a creator of some kind. Mm -hmm. And it can start small, it can start large, either way. And so what's interesting is this opportunity is large. It's hard to even put a number on it because I think that individuals like, what's the size of the creator economy? And that's, I think that's maybe the wrong question. It's simply an evolution of advertising. Pius, you talked about the metaverse And what that potentially means that's just an extension of the internet yeah right i remember i'm old enough to remember when it was just accessible via a desktop Mm -hmm. and then the smartphone piece was like okay wow this is infinite possibilities in the palm of our hands now this notion of metaverse is an interesting one where it's just an extension of that in a very much a hybrid environment where you can experiment experience and experiment with things that you just couldn't should you have the challenges of travel So uh, I could pontificate on this for a minute, but we're winding down here. And I wanted to give you all both an opportunity for some parting shots for both the businesses and the creators that are tuning in here. One or two things that are just takeaways. If you had to give the listening and
3: viewing audience
2: a couple of pieces of advice, where would you take them? Kip, I'll start with you.
3: Sure. I think if you're a creator... You should be full of optimism. The future is very bright for you. I think the tools are going to continue to get better and the business opportunity is going to get better. What you need to do is have a clear strategy for sustaining, right? I think Alvin, you made a great point that one of the real challenges here is how do you keep continue to inspire and educate this audience over the real long haul. And to do that, you have to have a good business model that allows you to have income to support the help and support you need from a support staff to actually keep that going and do that. And so I encourage you as early as possible to think of being a creator like a business. What's the business model? What's the technology you need? How are you going to interact with your customers? Even if they're not paying you money yet, your audience is going to be your customers at some point. And I think Shifting your thinking there will be really, really powerful. If you are a brand, understand that creators are the folks that have the highest level of trust in the marketplace today and some of the highest levels of reach. So, Which means if you're trying to transform your brand, distribute your product, you're going to have to find some way to partner and work alongside creators. And if that's not part of your strategy now, you need to work w- with your team, awesome companies like Meta and the like, to figure out how you can get matched up with the right creators in your industry to run some experiments, to see how that could impact your business going forward. And so I think those are my core parting shots for today.
0: I love that, I love that. Piyush? I love what Kip just said, both for creators and the brands. I I would say for the creators, you need to be patient and you need to understand that this could take a little while depending on what your niche is. yeah. Don't chase the dollar, right? Like, go do what you love doing. Be authentic and your audience will come. Go and find those other people that are doing the things that you're doing and build community, chat with them, put yourself out there. That's how you get to be known. That's how your trade or your creative aspect gets to known. And your audience will build from there. And then I would say, don't go on this journey alone, right? Like. In addition to the community there, but there's businesses like HubSpot and other third parties, go and reach out and understand that they can help you understand how to amplify your signal. And I think for brands, it's about thinking different. And so while brands do a great job in the data and the metrics that they have for the product and what they want to get accomplished, leave the how to the creators. The creators are the ones that are going to be your experiment Experimenting engines with their audiences. They know what their audience is like. Let them take the product authentically and display it and show it and how they love it and use it and be okay with some things that might traditionally not have resonated with your practices and your brands and stuff like that. So that's my advice for both the creators and the brands.
2: That's wonderful. Both of you have shared so many, so many insights today. I think that the way I would sum this up is. For those that are viewing both businesses, creators, and and everyone that's in the middle, that success moves at the speed of partnerships and relationships. And everything that has been said is that not going this alone and ensuring that you're finding the right team of individuals to partner with, to explore whatever you want to take your audience. Got to have an audience. You need to make sure that you're feeding that audience in in many, many ways. I think that Kip said this best and that that's the hardest thing. You've got to be able to have an audience for there to be an exchange of value that you can then leverage for something else should you decide to do so. And if you're on the brand side, understanding that these relationships and these audiences are the thing that will actually allow you to be able to break through without changing their essence nor yours. And there's an opportunity, but you need to do far more listening than talking in this space. Having your ear to the ground of actually what resonates with the brand attributes that you're actually trying to be able to focus on is the best advice an individual can get. So thank you both for your time. Really appreciate all the things that you've shared. Lots of insights for our listening and viewing audience. We appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks, Alvin. Thank you so much. Good to see you, Kip.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'd like to thank today's guests, Kip Bobnar and Piyush Mengelik, for sharing their time and perspective with us. And a special thank you to today's host, Alvin Bowles for leading this insightful discussion. To learn more, you can find links to any resources mentioned in today's show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And thank you for listening to the Meta Business Innovation and Technology Podcast.